Welcome to Dense in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We're a new church network that empowers pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. I'm your host, Tim Madeira from WRGN, here with NEC's Executive Director, Dan Nichols. You know, we're continuing to hear some good church news from around Northeast America. And today we have Pastor Josh Park from Branch Life Church with us. Dan, tell us a little bit about why you wanted to have Josh talk with us today. Absolutely. Josh is a really good friend, pastor, and a church planner like myself. So we have a lot in common. And he built and led an amazing team to plant Branch Life Church in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. And they just celebrated their first year birthday this last weekend. They're a member of the church with the Northeast Collaborative, and they're one of the most missional churches in our network. And we just want you to hear more about what God's doing through Josh and his team. That is exciting. And Josh, we want to introduce you to our listeners. Uh, In fact, we're going to have you introduce yourself to our listeners. Give us an overview of your story, your family, and all the background that we need to know about you and Branch Life Church. Sure. Uh, So my name is Josh. Guys, it's so awesome to be on here with both of you. And I'm excited to be a part of the Northeast Collaborative uh, and to be a part of reaching people here in this section of the world. My story is this is where I'm born and raised. So uh, I was born into a pastor's family, the youngest of five. Uh, I'm 10 minutes younger than my twin brother, uh, Jared, who's a missionary down in South America. And I was born in Reading, Pennsylvania, and have really done ministry in this Philadelphia region for my entire life. Uh, 2000, the year 2000, became a youth pastor, and then was a part of youth pastoring, associate pastoring, and and being a part of church ministry here in our tri-county area for the last 20 plus years. I have two kids. I have an 11-year-old daughter named Delaney, an 8-year-old son named Mr. Will, and the most amazing wife ever, Jen. And then we have my niece, Jordan, who's also living with us. That so We're really excited to have a packed house here during our quarantine days together. And we have a dog named Liberty Bell just representing our Philadelphia region. The dog is excited to have us home here every day. So that's something we're really thrilled about. So (laughs) I saw a funny cartoon about that. There was a cartoon of a meeting of the animal kingdom and the dog said, you know, our master plan worked during this COVID time. All (laughs) our owners are home with us. And the cats of course said, why weren't we consulted? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's about right. We had just added a turtle to our family this last week. We found a turtle while on a hike and, uh, it made it home. It's living in our kitchen. Oh, my. And Josh, you're celebrating a really big uh, personal win. We were just talking about before we went on air. What? Tell us more about that. Yeah, along with celebrating our one-year anniversary, just about that same time period, I've lost just about 70 pounds. Uh, so I'm, I'm 42 years old, just had a birthday, my COVID birthday a couple weeks ago, and uh, was able to accomplish a very, very important physical goal for me. And it's, it's been life-changing. And, uh, you know, planning a church, losing some weight, raising some kids, it's been a very fun, fun season. If you're doing one, you might as well do it all, right? Might as well go for it, right? Might as well go for <laughs> it. Yeah, there's nothing stressful about losing weight and planning a church and raising kids at all. <laughs> yeah, right? Now, what, what made you decide uh, to take that journey? The weight loss journey? Yeah, Weight's been an issue for me my entire life. My my twin brother, we're not identical, and he has always been the skinny, 
thin one. And I've always been the portly, not thin one. Mm. Uh, so it's been something that has been a battle for me. And I very much understand when people talk about that issue, that particular issue. And I, I had uh, since 2000, just over the course of the last 20 years, allowed the pounds to add up and tried different things all along the way. Um, one of the things that happened during the church planning process for me was a reconnection of my whole self, spiritual, physical, uh, emotional to, mm. to God's plan for me. And I knew there was an area he, physically I was discouraged um, and it didn't need to be that way. And so through a focus on prayer and, and making a couple of commitments, God gave some a great support team and, we were able to together accomplish this goal. It's not just been physically a win. It's been spiritually a win and emotionally a win mm. all across the way. And so I, it was a big decision that we, I made a little bit over a year ago, but it was followed up by thousands of little decisions and uh, some support from God and from some great friends and family. Now, isn't that the way church plants work as well? It's one big decision followed by a whole host of little decisions and support from others that make it happen. And that's part of what happened at Branch Life Church, right? You're exactly right. It's almost the same formula for both. You just took what was happening already in our church planning plan. I just applied it to me. There so you if, go. If, if I could pray and, and commit myself to, to build God's kingdom— and do something that spiritual and see God work that, that I mean, it was really that revelation that if God can do this plan a church and I was seeing miracles happen every day in the church planning world, then he can help me with my problem. And it was my problem until then. And I, I remember having a moment of prayer saying, God, I've seen you work in an incredible way and in helping us plant this church. Can I be selfish for a second and ask you to help me with this one area? <laughs> it, it, it is, it's absolutely life-changing. So yeah, good observation. It is exactly how it works. It's exactly how it works. So tell us then about Branch Life Church and how things came about there. Branch Life Church came out of a, a heart, and I, I think a God-given heart motivation to see more people connect to Christ. We live, as you know, here in the Northeast in a, in a region of the country that is cold, toward Christianity that's cold towards organized religion and the numbers are getting worse, not better. Now I've been born and raised here and there was a season of prayer in our, in our family's life where we were saying, God, we want, we want you to use us anywhere in the world to do what, what you need to be done. And God pointed to our backyard and he said, you're, you're from the Northeast. You understand this area, this region, our region, the Philadelphia region, for example, and what our region needs is more churches, more healthy churches to connect more people to Christ. And that calling from God got too loud to ignore. And that desire to see friends and family and um, neighbors and communities reached with the love of God uh, got too loud to ignore. So that birthed some conversations, that birthed some partnerships to say how can we best be a part of connecting people to Christ in our region. And then that answer became plan a church. I never thought we were going to be church planners hmm. in, my, in my whole life. I always just thought we'd support what was already happening, but, but God called and said, what we need is more healthy churches and you can be a part of that. And we got so 
convinced of that calling that not only do we want to plant a church, we want to be a part of planting more churches. And so the desire at Branch Life, and you can, if you read into the name of the church, Branch Life Church, we want to create more branches, more network, more opportunities for more churches to be birthed in the Northeast or churches to be revitalized or to be strengthened or strong churches to grow stronger, you know, whatever that means. So that's, that was the very genesis of Branch Life Church, the desire to connect more people to Christ. How do you do that? You plant a church that plants more churches. So we started that journey uh, early in 2018, late 2017, the conversations, laying the groundwork, doing the strategic planning, learning what it means to plant a church, and then really hit the ground running in 2018, launched in April of 2019, and here we are in April of 2020 celebrating officially our one-year anniversary, and again, as I mentioned before, have seen miracles all along the way in every season of this planting journey. And we're, we're talking about it as a part of our one year anniversary when we're going to plant our next church. And so that's a conversation we're actively having right now. That's awesome, Josh. And and what I've loved about your journey and, and being a small part of it, mostly just from the sidelines cheering you on, but I love that you guys have such a strong focus on team and that you started with a strong team and you continue to invest in teams so tell us more about that. Tell us about the, the team that God's put together there and, and why such an emphasis on team in your church planning journey. Early on, we knew this wasn't something we were supposed to do by ourselves. We come from an independent Baptist background. So we like independence, right? We like to be by ourselves, <laughs> but we knew that guys like say, this is not something you should do by yourself. Um, and so one of the first prayer requests we said, Lord, is if this is something you want us to do, we need help. You know, we need a team. We can't be the guy that rolls by ourselves in doing the research here in the Northeast. We're talking about 92% of the people in our region being unreached, 92%. 80% of the people in our area, the Philadelphia, Reading, between Philadelphia and Reading, Pennsylvania, 80% of those people were not, before COVID, were not in any church building, regardless of religion, last year last the Sunday when churches were open. Wow. So, so we looked at like, I we cannot do that. I can't do this by myself. Like it's gotta be bigger than one person wanting to do one thing. So we said, God, send us a team uh, to help us start from day one. And God, we pray that you would build that team so that we can continue to release more people to plant more churches, develop more teams, more leaders. Great book resource, by the way, Gaining by Losing, if you've ever, yes. ever had that one mentioned. If you're at all interested in in this kind of a conversation, that's a book you have to read. Yes. So we, we want to build a team, and I'm hoping some of my closest friends were able to give away in the years ahead to the work of the kingdom. You know, I, we don't want to hoard our best group leaders and our best worship leaders and our best pastors for ourselves. We want to we want to send them out to do more good work. It's a so tough God, concept, isn't it, to get a hold yeah. of? You know, because we yeah. we think of pulling these people in and making the best team possible when really we're trying to grow that team to go out and basically the discipleship model. But the yeah. problem is, if the Church of Antioch had done that, then Paul and Barnabas would not have been sent out. Church of Antioch could have been like Paul and Barnabas are the best leaders. We want them here, but exactly. if they hadn't, look at what would would we would have missed out on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we see it in a macro level in our church even now. So one of the exciting things in the first year of ministry is we've been able to start almost uh, nine small groups. 
So the, the development of a small group model is these guys get together, they care for each other, they go through the war together, and now you guys have to split up and start new groups. And they're like, well, we just, we just got together like last year. We're like, yeah, but remember, this is in order for us to multiply, these groups got to multiply. So who's, who's coming to Christ in your group? Who are you serving? Who are you developing? And then the groups go, but we like each other. Yeah, like, yeah. I know. I like you too. Like it's, it's a tough, tough thing on a macro level, but if we don't get it macro, then when we go, whatever the opposite of macro is micro, when we go macro, it's not going to, it's not going to work. It's not going to develop. So, you know, we, we see that in even trying to grow the small groups, your tendency is to build the, the wall around what you've already got mm-hmm. instead of sending people outside of yourself. So we cheer on those relationships and are excited about them. But at the same time, we want to keep the focus on developing, moving forward and multiplication. Yeah. Now, as you talk about the team, you started not just by yourself. You started with a team. Right. And that was the miracle of it all. God gave us four pastors by the time uh, we hit the summer of 2018. So about eight months before we launched, we had four pastors that had uprooted their lives in in a sense to join the church planning team. They all got the same offer. I I can give you no money and no place to live. And if you want to come help plan a church, you're hired. Right. And, and God led all four of these uh, men and their wives and their families to move to the area that God had showed us, which is Pottstown, Pennsylvania to help plant this church and, and a worship leader came on board, same salary, nothing. And they all said, we're committed to helping launch and plant this church so much so that three out of the four of us sold our houses, moved into this community. Uh, Scott and his family came from Chicago. Two of us came from 30, 40 minutes south of where we are. And we moved to uh, Pottstown six to eight months before we even launched the church. That to me, it was a miracle. And, and to see those conversations take place and these families have the same call to the same, same work and the same location at the same time, uh, I didn't recruit them. I didn't ask them to join. It was, it was all people prompted by the Spirit of God to join the team. Power prayer. Yeah. Of course, we let the word get out that we think God was up to something. Right. But, um, these guys responded through their own leading and the team has been unbelievable. So we're a combination of bivocational team pastors. And as we've been blessed financially, we're, we're trying to keep the priority to helping our pastors to be able to, to do more, but both Corey and Scott, who are our two other full-time pastors are also teachers. So they're working at schools in the area and they're also full-time doing work with the church Mm. and uh, uh, then the other pastor is is my dad who's been a pastor in this region forever and ever and ever and he was doing interim pastoring and he stopped doing that so he could help us concentrate on on planning the church this last year wow that's fantastic you know there's a part of that i don't want our listeners to miss who are thinking maybe about church planting and maybe that's why they're listening to this podcast uh that is the run-up you just said you're celebrating your one-year anniversary but it's really more than a one-year anniversary Mm. you've there's a lot of legwork that went into the launch of the church one year ago 
And I think we can't miss that as we're talking about uh, launching and leading healthy churches. It's so important to get that foundation laid in some way or another. But now as you celebrate that one year out, what are your wins? What do you, what do you see as your victories here? Well, my, my favorite wins are when we have baptisms. And so, you know, the f- I, I get emotional to think about it. The first baptism we did, we did before we launched the church and it was in a swimming pool. Cause we didn't have any, we didn't have a building and people who were joining our launch team who, who some had been led to Christ. Some had had an existing relationship to Christ. Some had come back to the church, hadn't been baptized yet. So we said, let's do a service. And, and four, four or five people signed up for that first baptism. And, some of the men in our church, we, we, we baptized adult men on that first baptism service and their kids were watching their dads get baptized publicly saying we're, we're following Jesus and we want to help start a church. Like those are, those are precious moments. We've baptized, uh, I don't know, since, since we started this, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 or so people, one of the baptisms was one of the first girls that was led to Christ through Branch Life Church when we officially became a church. And she was a teenager who was led to Christ by another teenager who was a part of our launch team. Mm. And one of our goals in our launch team was for everybody to reach somebody for Jesus. Mm. And, you know, whether it takes one month, one year, two years, let's everybody just shoot for that goal. And here was a teenager leading the way. And her best friend got came to Christ, uh, connected with Youth for, Youth for Christ here in the area, and then she's like, I got to get baptized. I got to She brought her whole family who doesn't go to church. They all came that Sunday and we had our first baptism. I think it was a year ago. It was right around our launch and she got baptized. And so those are, those are the wins that I love. Um, we love seeing people reconnect to the church that had disconnected. So we have a lot of de-churched people in our region or people that grew up in a religious tradition, whether it was a Catholic tradition or, or some other main mainline denomination and have some distance from the church and to see those people and to hear those stories of people saying, I want to reek. I, I was away from the church for a long time, but there's something about being a part of branch life that just um, has reconnected me to, to God and to Christ. Like that's, those are our, those are our biggest wins. I, I love, more than anything, when somebody else reaches somebody else for Jesus. Mm, so, you know, that's, that, I love when someone gets saved and I love when I have nothing to do with it. You know, it wasn't during a sermon. It wasn't during an event. It was just God using people mm. so to, to see, to see even those conversations happen. They make gospel conversations. So we have, we have a tab on our website that people can go to and they can tell their stories about just sharing the gospel. And the person might not have even made a decision for Christ. They just had an opportunity to show the love of Jesus to share the love of Jesus. So people fill out those stories online and, and uh, we encourage one another with those. Um, so those are our wins. Now you I mentioned, could, the, could, you mentioned the website, uh, Josh, and people might want go, you know, how, how do we set up a website if we're planning a church? Uh, what's your website? Our website is branchlife.church. And I'll tell you, it, that's, that is a challenge. A website can be a challenge, especially if you're not a, a technical person, but a website is a very necessary thing when you're planning a church, especially if you're mobile, you don't have a, your own site. Mm-hmm. Uh, your website becomes where people find you. Um, so we partnered with a 
with an organization called Nucleus. They do a lot of the legwork for you. There is a subscription to it, but then you customize your website through their program and it makes website building very, very easy and it makes it look very professional and it's also got enough variety to it that you can build it out yourself and it works great with mobile. So what it looks like on your phone matters and it works great with online giving and people signing up for stuff, some practical tools that you need. So I, I highly recommend partnering in that area, especially if that's not an area of expertise in the early days of planning your church, um, because that's your first, first impression. And I think for a lot of people that when they hear church planting, probably the first things that come to mind when you just say that to the average person are the challenges, the obstacles, right? Uh, I've got it. You know, that probably entails a lot of fundraising. That probably entails a lot of messy situations and difficult people and right. And so like, a lot of those obstacles are very real, but you guys have seen incredible fruit over the last couple of years of your journey. What about the challenges though? Because really, I don't think we find the fruit without going through the obstacles. You know, it's the tough times that make things happen. So what are some of those challenges in the journey for you guys and your team as you've continued forward to plant Branch Life? Yeah, the challenges are real. It's, it's kind of like that old saying, nothing... Uh, nothing worth doing. It, 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 it doesn't come easily. Yeah. It's, it's, there are going to be challenges and anything worth doing is going to be hard, but it's okay. You, you know, it's not, you've got the God of the universe on your side. And so one of the things JD Greer says quite a bit is whatever God calls you to do, he's already got the resources for you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're answering the call of God, there are resources that God's already got set up. It might not be the same thing you thought it was going to be down the road. So there's flexibility, there's change, but there's also understanding you're answering God's call and he's got you. So when it gets hard, you know, you take that obstacle, you take that challenge and you address it, you work through it. Um, if you don't know the answer, you find someone that does and, and just solve one problem at a time and just keep moving forward. Some, one of our biggest challenges was we knew we were called to the Pottstown area. Uh, one of the, one of the funny things in the Northeast is you can have a town that's very urban in like a five mile square radius. And then two miles later, you're in a farm. So like, that's where we're at. So we've got different dynamics within miles of each other, upper class, lower class, African-American, Caucasian, Hispanic. And, and so there's, there's some big divides. So we, we thought it was important to, have the church in a certain location. Well, what, we're just going to rent an auditorium or a cafeteria or a ballroom. And that's how we'll launch the church for six months. We look for a place to launch our church wow. just to, just to meet together. And for six months, we got solid, solid nose or sure. If you have 2 million bucks, you can use this space. <laughs> and uh, like, so it was, it was, we're like, God, if you want us to launch church, why can't you give us a place to meet? And that was a, a big obstacle and a big stressor for us. And it's even one we still haven't solved a year into being officially mm. launched church. We rent from another church on Sunday nights. They use it in the morning. We use it at night. And the reason we do that is because there's literally not a place big enough to fit us in the morning available in our 10-mile radius. And I say that with confidence because if there was, I would have 
found it. I mean, we worked that hard. Oh, I remember. I remember coming down. We we toured around. You were showing us every area. We drove all around, and we we stopped at different spots. You're like, this could work, but but it wouldn't work for this, and then this would be our dream spot. And yeah, that's been a really tough challenge. But God keeps being faithful to you guys, and it seems like you've got some some cool stuff on the horizon too. We do. Yeah. We just, we just said to our church just last Monday night during an online talk back that we are going to try to make the move from Sunday nights at our partner church to a Sunday morning location. It's uh, it's got some challenges. It's got some opportunities to it, but we are again, addressing those obstacles one at a time and COVID as far as a challenge has been concerned has been a huge obstacle but at the same time we're just addressing it and we're moving forward we're trying to stay on mission so yeah there's there's there yes if you're going to plant a church if you're going to do anything worth doing there's going to be challenges not the least of which are spiritual attacks practically we couldn't find a place to meet spiritually i feels like every time you're making progress in an area that satan's satan or somebody's going to say i don't want that to happen and so there's going to be attacks there's going to be discouragement there's going to be challenges there's going to be missed goals but then there's the promises of god that constantly come in and get in the way i i'll work everything together for good i'm going to walk with you no matter what happens there's usually way more positive than there is negative and god says to concentrate on that don't let the challenges discourage you um Man, I think it's so important to, to, to hit on what you're saying there, Josh, is that we need to mark those times where God has been faithful because our human memory, man, tends to be so short and so easily distracted to the stuff that is facing us now that we forget what God has brought us through. As we've heard you describe the miracles of what God brought about in the starting of this, he's going to bring it to pass. He's going to bring it through as we remain faithful, as we rely on the work of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's important for us to remember even now as we're in this time with the COVID crisis uh, and saying, okay, what are the challenges we face and how do we go forward from here? How's it going to look different for you guys as you meet back together again? Well, yeah, one, one of the questions we were asking ourselves are, is what, what are the opportunities we have through the COVID crisis? And for us, we're going to look very different on the other end of COVID, and that's intentional. We could have said, you know what, just keep it the same. We'll go back to Sunday nights at this location. It's nice. It's working. We'll, we'll do that. But we believe that the opportunity is now here for us to make a significant change. I, I think a lot of the churches going through COVID have an opportunity to make some changes that probably have needed to be made. Yes. And now you have permission to make those changes. Everybody who wouldn't understand before will understand now. Mm-hmm. And so you, you can strategically think, what are some opportunities that we have moving forward that we can find a new normal? There are things you're going to want to retain. Uh, so we are asking ourselves, what do we want to retain? Well, we want to retain our commitment to the truth of God's word. We want to retain our ability to gather together in some form when this is all over, we, we want to retain some very important things connected to our values and our mission, but we also want to exchange, uh, some things here that Mm. we have, we now have the opportunity to exchange. So we're exchanging Sunday nights for Sunday mornings. And, uh, we think that's going to be a really positive step for us. We are, we are expanding our online opportunities, uh, and we're planning for that to be long-term 
And so we needed a location to be a home base for our online activities. Right now we're shooting from homes, which is right and appropriate, but there will be a phase coming up here shortly where we need a place that's home. And as a church plant, we didn't have that. And so we're partnering again, we're partnering with another church in our area that's like-minded, but they're without a pastor. They're down to about 10 people. So we've come alongside them during this past year and we've been preaching there on Sunday mornings and coming and doing our services on Sunday nights, one of our four pastors. And so that church has said to us, why don't we just partner together and possibly just become one? So their facilities are, are going to become a home base for us most likely. And I don't want to get the cart before the horse is still in process. And, um, we believe that we're going to follow. That's the door that looks like God's opening. And that's probably going to be the next season of our, our life. One of the things you guys have done in the middle of this COVID crisis and even before the COVID crisis was you've, you've done the, throughout the week, these amazing talkback times where you, you open yourselves up for Q&A and for dialogue about questions that the average person in America and especially Northeast America may be wondering about Christianity. Questions, you know, not making assumptions for people, but saying, hey, let's talk about, you know, some of your doubts about whether the Bible is trustworthy. Let's talk about whether or not Jesus was really historical or not. How has that gone for you guys? Because I love that you've put so much time and effort into it. How's it going? We had an online presence before the pandemic hit, and that really was a blessing for us. We weren't asking ourselves the question, how do you go online? We were asking ourselves, how do we do what we already do better? So that's, that has been a powerful tool that we had. One of the things about online world, even before this is, you know, God's called you to go to all the world, and preach the gospel. Well, where's the world? Well, they're on YouTube, they're on Facebook, you know? So we wanted to have a presence there. And we also practically just needed a way to communicate even with our own people and follow up on, we can't do a Sunday school class, but we can get together on a Monday night virtually and answer questions about apologetics and about the Bible and about you know, whatever we're teaching. So we just used that forum to do that and just opened it up to anyone who would want to participate, um, make it Facebook live. That's been a a great source of encouragement and and a great source of feedback um, led to some good conversations, some great connections. We don't have a building. We don't have a road sign, uh, but people know we exist because they see you on Facebook. They see you on social media. We just had a really fun story We've partnered, and another thing we did intentionally was partner with area community organizations to, to show the love of Jesus before and after and during this crisis. Um, one of our partner organizations, a pregnancy center, started helping a young lady last week and naturally just said, do you have a church? Do you have someone that you, you need, you know, we can contact that you can encourage? And they said, no, but I've been watching this uh, Branch Life Church online. And so that's my church. And so then the lady calls us and says, do you know that you have someone that's been watching online and they're part of your church and, and you probably don't know that we, she never turned in a card. She never let her presence be known. We didn't know she existed, but she, she considered us her church because she had run into us on, on social media. Mm. And uh, so then the connections were made. Our young, uh, young family, small group reached out to her. She had a baby last week. They made sure she had groceries and baby supplies and, and stuff waiting for her when she got home from the hospital and they're, they're showing the love of Jesus to her because of, 
of some of this already happening online presence. Uh, the church being the church, in spite of not having that physical contact immediately. Now, as uh, we've heard your story, Josh, we hear what God is doing at Branch Life Church. How can we pray for you? Well, one of our big prayer requests for 2020 has has not changed. Um, we made the commitment in 2020 that each each person would reach one person for Jesus. I think that's more possible now through the pandemic than it was before. I think it's even easier to invite someone to a relationship with Jesus. The conversations are welcome. Uh, the touch points are there. People are grateful for them. When you invite someone out to join you to a virtual group or a virtual church service, they're open and willing and interested and there's no competition. There's not a football game that they need to go watch or their kids aren't playing a sport right now. And so I just think that that was kind of a crazy goal. We have, you know, over a hundred adults that are connected with the church. If each one of them would reach someone for Jesus, like that's, that would be, that would be a work that only God could have done. Mm, and so we're, we're praying that God would do that through each person that each, each person would see someone they know come to Christ, have a divine appointment with a stranger that they share Jesus with, allow someone to participate in a church service, whether it's online or in person, and that in 2020, everybody would be able to have the joy of leading someone to Christ. I don't want that for us. I want that for them, and I want that for the person that needs Jesus. So that's, our, that's always our number one. Just pray for our future decisions as far as facility, practical needs, and then once we have identified where and how we're going to meet, we want to, like every church, we want to do that in a responsible way uh, as we phase out of, Lord willing, the quarantine. The Philadelphia region is a high, a hard hit region. Mm-hmm. And so our, our quarantine orders are pretty strict and they're probably going to continue a little bit longer than the rest of the country. Um, so just giving wisdom in and through all of that. Uh, as we continue to build the church and move from here. Wow. It is exciting to see what God is doing. Thank you so much, Josh, for being with us. Uh, We are excited about what God is doing at Branch Life Church. want to remind you that all the contact information for Branch Life Church will be found in the show notes, as well as the book we referenced, Gaining by Losing. And uh, we want to encourage you to uh, hashtag this and share it with others. Some good church news. You are listening to Dense in the Darkness. It's the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative as we help and empower pastors to lead and launch healthy churches here in Northeast America. 